0: Today is Friday, September 3rd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 424 featuring NBC Sports Boston's Chris Forsberg is powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code NFL100 for a 100% sign-up bonus. All right, folks, we are ready. Another edition of Celtic Speed. Adam Kaufman, Chris Forsberg, good friend of the program, good friend of mine, good friend of yours. You know, he, here's the thing, really. I don't think, and this is this is a compliment. It's really the highest compliment, Chris. I'm not sure I've ever come across anyone who's had a bad word to say about you.
1: Ooh, you know, so it's funny you say this. Um, a couple of years ago, I was still at ESPN. I had to do a story on Al Horford, and I was really struggling to come up with like a, a story idea for it. And I'm talking to his agent, and I'm like, you know, what's the story with Al? Like, what's the overarching theme that I'm missing here? And I'm like, you know what? The thing is, no one's ever said anything bad about him. So I legitimately went to every person I could find in every team. And I said, tell me something bad about Al Horford. And no one had anything. And then I went to Al, and I said, Al, no one has ever said anything bad about you. He's like, well, there's some people out there. I was like, well, who? And he's like, well, I can't name off the top of my head. I was like, no, because everyone likes you. Uh, It's sort of the same way. Uh, I won't name names. I'm sure there are people that hate me. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure I've unintentionally been a jerk to somebody, but I try not to. And I, I, I mean, just sort of the way I hope I operate. But you know, I'm, I'm I, I guarantee there's people out there that don't like me.
0: See, there are enough people out there that think I'm a jerk that they'll tell me right to my face, which I appreciate <laughs> at least because you don't have to like you don't have to wonder, you don't have to guess. They can just come into my Twitter right mentions, out there.
1: like you know, Tw- Twitter is a great place to just check your check your confidence meter and uh, and that's check right. your ego. That there, there, there's plenty of people out there that'll let me know I'm I'm stupid and don't know basketball, but that's fine. Well, you know
0: how it works too, and like especially in in our business, and 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 I say that because we're just you know what we do, we're just very front facing. You know, in in our industry, I, I mean, like. I'd, I'd rather that like you know tell me i suck tell me i'm a jerk tell me i'm an a-hole tell me i'm whatever like
1: versus saying it behind my back like it just say it to me i'm good with that my, my favorite is uh when everybody gets mad they read like shaughnessy or whatever in the morning and they're like oh this guy is such an idiot and i'm like yeah but you, you open the boston globe it's the first thing you're going to read because you love the way dan shaughnessy makes right. you feel about things and like that's what the great ones do felger on the radio like yeah, is there a little bit of, of pr- tweaking and pushing buttons and stuff like that? Of course, but that's what we all want. And that's what we all crave for. So yeah, sometimes being the, I, I always equate it back to wrestling. Like you, all, I always want, if I was going to be a wrestler, I wanted to be a heel. I want yeah. the crowd screaming and jeering at me. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. know. I'd have to, I'd have to really change the personality up, but let me know. I'll, I'll cut a promo against Kaufman and, and say <laughs> like, uh, you know, candy ass, can't, can't hang, hang <laughs> yeah, with me.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we'll do We'll We'll fight on this show, and then we'll cross-promote. We'll go on your show on NBC Ooh, Sports Boston. We'll perfect. fight on that show, and we'll just, it's you awesome. know, bring it back and forth. <laughs> Ding-pong. That's all you do. It'd be a perfect thing, It's and it's a good way to just, you know, pub for both podcasts. I'm excited, <laughs> Chris. I'm excited, uh, well, in part because if anyone is is watching, if you're seeing the video versus listening, whichever way, as long as you're tuned in, we appreciate you, obviously. But if you're seeing us, you're seeing... Uh, one, how good Chris looks right now, whether it's the <laughs> flow, the shades, the, the yeah. fancy, albeit, you know, pixelated or whatever word would be, you know, blurred out background. Blurred out background. Uh, yeah. where, whereas I'm sitting here looking about as, as pale as I possibly could be. <laughs> Uh, it's really accentuated by the lighting as well. Like I am more tan than this, but you, you wouldn't know it. And I don't expect you to believe it it, because perception's reality, but, uh, but you, you just look well rested, which excites me because the season's a month away, at least preseason games. We are one month away as we talk right now.
1: I'm uh, in in one way, it's like, you know, no, you're going, you're going back to school and and my kids just did birthday of school. So like, I get that feeling of, oh boy. And, and like, hopefully a little bit more normal i'm I'm eager to see what we uh what the nba uh drums up for for coverage i haven't been to a game since march of 2020 uh which is which is weird to say but um yeah i'm eager to i'm eager to get going it was so funny we were talking before we jumped on here and i I told you i I disappeared to to south carolina with you know sort of the last gasp of summer and, and and my kids right before they go back to school we go down and visit my mom down there and uh you come back and and like, it's the complete doldrums. I'm like desperate for NBA content. It was like so busy while I was down there. And I have this guilt for my employer because I disappeared as Marcus Smart's re-signing and, and Rob Williams extension and all the Josh Richardson extension that I didn't even know about. And uh, then I come back and it's like crickets. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to ramp up. I need some, uh, I need some Jason Tatum weight room, more Jason Tatum weight room videos and uh, whatever else we can do to get, get excited about this, about this, this season. He does look swole, doesn't he? Son oh Maria. Like he
0: He's going full Giannis from when, you know, Giannis came into the league versus what he looks like now. You know, this, this is the
1: transformation that the greats make. And, you know, I'm eager to see how it translates onto the court. You know, I, I mean, it's, it's easy to get worked up about one good angle. As everyone knows, you can you can make yourself look pretty good on Instagram uh, <laughs> all you want. But, you know, there's there's no hiding Thank muscle, you for checking right? out my page. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude's out here looking like Shemi Ojule at this point with his uh, with his combat muscle. So uh, I want to <laughs> see how it translates. Does he get better going to the basket and finishing through contact? Does he just get, you know, ability to defend more at the four position, which, you know, it, it, it's clearly something that can wear you down a little bit, something I'm actually worried about with this team, but... Uh, Yeah, like Tatum to to go from, uh, you know, right out of Tokyo and just sort of immerse himself in the weight room. Uh, Kudos to him because he's about to get his big paydays about to kick in and all that. But no, Jason Tatum's out there there working. If you're a Celtics fan, that should be maybe uh, the most exciting part about what's ahead.
0: We always talk about it, especially when it comes to the all-stars on this team. And as we know, that's Jason Tatum. It's Jalen Brown. They're, you know, Brown technically not an all-star yet, but he's, I mean, he's, he basically is, he's at that level. He just, you know, hasn't quite gotten Mm -hmm. over the hump as far as being voted in, but these two guys, you know, borderline all NBA as well, at least in Tatum's case. And I believe they both have that ceiling. What do you suppose as far as both of them, but we may as well start with Tatum because we were just talking about him. Every summer, you know this time around we we spend time talking about okay like they're they're really good, you know the, these guys mm-hmm. have the potential to be top fifteen top twenty five players in the NBA, but still you got to continue to develop while you're young. What is the thing that you in, in in your mind at least if you're them you're working on this summer to build off of where you are in your career right now to get you ready for the next season
1: yeah, invariably I come back to just playmaking with both of them. I think we know like there's the, the skill sets they have are are you know top level in the nba and whether it's tatum scoring or jalen's ability at both ends you know but i'm eager to see how they make each other better how they make their teammates better how they fit with the pieces that are going to be there this year like you know can they make marcus smart better can marcus smart make them better you know that's what the great superstars do it's not just about putting up big numbers it's making people around you better it's using the attention you're drawing to make things easier you know for for your teammates or in jason and jalen's case each other so That's all I want to see. I want to see them, you know, be better passers. I want to see them, when that double team comes, be able to kick to to the corner and be confident in whoever is taking that shot. And I want to see that person make that shot, you know, whether it's Aaron Neesmith or uh, Romeo Langford or whoever it is. Like, you know, I want to see everybody sort of elevating because those guys are so good and they draw so much attention. Um, You know, you can nitpick little things. I think Tatum, I would like to see be more aggressive going to the basket, using that length, finishing through contact. Um, but being able to dig in defensively, like they're both very, very good defensively, but you know, because of their size, they can be elite at that position. But, but ultimately I go back to playmaking. I keep, it's an unfair comparison, but I look at it the way Kawhi Leonard and Paul George rack up assists. And I want Jason and Jalen to do that.
0: It's something that obviously new head coach Eme udoka has been talking a lot about wanting to make these guys, you know, take them to that next level. He is fixated on playmaking as you're talking about the aggressiveness thing, I think is really interesting because it's something that, you know, for anyone that, that, follows along on Twitter. I mean, I've been harping about that with Tatum for years. Like, you just, you have the ability, you have the strength to get to the free throw line because, you know, then at that point in time, you're a good shooter as well. You'll make the shots. I mean, it's just such an and an easy for me to say, obviously, but for a player of that caliber, it's such an easy way to take your game to another level is simply being more aggressive. But what I wonder, I guess, is how much of that is, it sort of comes back to, to coaching and coaching philosophies and game plans and approaches, you know, we know over the last eight years what kind of head coach Brad Stevens was. I guess we have to say now if, if he's never going to do this again, current president of basketball operations, we know what his his uh, approach has been, what his mindset is, and and how it's related to the players at least that he has coached to this point. We don't know these things definitively about Udoka yet. We're waiting. We're finding out, and and it'll be exciting when we get a chance to see. Do you think that Udoka could, you know, is, is it as simple as, you know, not flipping a switch per se, but but just coaching a guy a, a little bit differently to say, mm. we don't want you to settle for that three. You know, we, like Brad was all about you guys you're taking three-pointers all the time, and, and that's today's NBA, and that's all well and good. Well, you know what? I'm going to coach a little bit differently. I don't want you taking 43s a game. I want you taking... Twenty threes a game, and so Jason, I don't want you taking quite as many. I don't want you shooting seven, eight three pointers per game. I want you going to line, you know, or, or at least going to the basket, maybe getting to the line mm-hmm. half those attempts, and and let's see you average eight free throws a game.
1: Yeah, and it just comes down to like that. I mean, I think that a voice will help. I think that's part of the reason Brad stepped aside, and that they needed to hear someone else yell at them like that. Maybe someone else who could get on them a little bit more than Brad was either willing or were capable of. And so I am eager to see that. Um, you know, I don't know what Eme's f- philosophy is going to be offensively. I think we know like defensively that's been his calling card at other stops. And I'm pretty confident with the pieces they have, they can be successful there. It's going to have to be really creative offensively. Cause I don't know, like short of Jason and Jalen scoring a, a whole bunch of points a night, you know, 70 plus points between them. Like it's going to be tough for this team to, to put up a hundred because there's just not a lot of other surefire scoring options out there, at least if, you know, especially if Jason and Jalen are, are getting the attention that, that they get. So, uh, but like Tatum in general, I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back. I've, I've, all these numbers blur together after the season. But, you know, if you, I'm sure there's a number of the number of drives, number of free throw attempts. Like when he gets to the line, it's a different game. You know, he makes scoring 30 so easy when he gets to the line six times a game, eight times a game, whatever the number is. And then when he gets there like 15 times, you know, it's it, it's, uh, it's a whole game changer. So uh, they got to be aggressive. I think there were times when naturally they're so talented, they can create their own shot from the perimeter, but they just got to be more aggressive going to the basket. The great teams live at the, the line. It, everyone hates watching the Nets because Kyrie's there and Harden's there and all that, you know, uh, Durant's there. So, uh, if you want to hang with those teams, got to make some some easy baskets for yourself, and uh, whether that's easy layups or well physical layups or getting to the line, they need to do it more often.
0: On town, uh, on uh, Tatum and Brown, Chris, it's it's a story that doesn't go away, and and it's you know it's popular for sports talk radio, for talking heads, for doing what you do. It's been around obviously for for a little while now. It's it's the whole can Tatum and Brown coexist. You know, and and I mean, I think it's pretty apparent they can because we've seen it for a number of years at this point. They've both been successful, but you still have, you know, our friend Jeff Goodman, who's been on both our shows plenty, believes that, you know, these are are two guys that are not the closest off the floor. Not to say they're enemies or anything, but they're not you know, real friends or they're not best friends. They they're not necessarily, you know, the the dynamic you're looking for on the floor either, you know, sort of talking about their relationship, or you have, you know, Kevin Garnett, whose number is going to be retired in a matter of months, saying that you know, I think they're redundant to one another. Cedric Maxwell was on this podcast a couple of months or a couple of weeks ago and, and said that he would still advocate trading away Jalen Brown if you could get, say, a Carl a Anthony Towns or something like that. Just have two different types of players. Plenty of people think these guys are just either either redundant or not the quite the right, right. cross section to one another. Uh, brown was on the up and smoke podcast uh just a couple of days ago and and wasn't asked about that specifically but just talked about their relationship and how his brother you know will babysit for deuce and it's like these yeah. guys are closer than you realize basically are is just way too much made of this
1: yeah i think i think in general you know didn't, didn't we just see uh Jaylen brown chomping on uh jason tatum's gold medal out in yeah. the club after coming back and celebrating like yeah you know, I think we all have this this desire or perception or, you know, you know, yearning for our superstars to be best friends and be like hanging out after games and crunching game film and doing all that. But that's just not the way it works. Like these are millionaires and they've got families and they've got other priorities. And so I just think, you know, I, in, in, a, in an ideal world, you'd, you know, they'd, they'd have a relationship. But, you know, th- there's not saying that they can't have that in the in the film room when they're together on the court. You know, they don't have to hang out every night. They don't have to go play call of duty every night together i'm okay with that like as long as it works on the floor and that's what i come back to when people say like oh you know they need another you know you you trade Jalen because you'd rather have a good swing man and a good center but you can have both you know like they're still in position to make a move and add whether you know they think if marcus isn't the point guard of the future maybe they go get the point guard maybe they get the big man um i think they still need a four like you know i mean robert williams we talked about potential Mm all-stars you know my feelings there yeah Uh, likewise So I just think they have the right mix. We've seen in this league, wings are super valuable. You don't just break it up because you're like, oh, we have two wings. Like you need, you need some diversity. No, it's just about talent. Uh, It's on them to figure out how to make it work. It's on Ime. It's on Brad. It's on Brad to find the right pieces around them. Uh, But yeah, that's, I I guess that's my biggest curiosity with the season. I know it's not a, a huge roster overhaul, but I think we all know, like the fit with Kemba just wasn't right last year and Kemba's availability made it tough. Yeah. Um, Marcus has had a propensity to make at least Jalen better. Um, one of the highest that's just the field goal, you know, uh, combinations in the NBA last year before Marcus got hurt. Uh, so do the pieces all fit better this year? Do they, can they coexist? I don't know the answer, but I'm eager to, to find out. And, uh, but I do think that the, uh, this whole notion that Jalen and Jason can't get the best out of each other slightly overblown, but you know, hey, they also got to prove it on the court.
0: So something you wrote about before you went on vacation, just to sort of pick up with what you were just talking about, is is the fit of this roster as we know it right now. And and it seems like it's ever-changing with the moves that have been made since, obviously, Danny retired and and Brad was elevated to that role. There have been a lot of changes. Like you said, not a total overhaul, but a a significant number of changes, I I think, and potentially impactful in changes to this team. But, you know, looking at sort of – fit and and roles and you know something you wrote about was that everybody understands their role and you sort of compared it to a couple of years back when uh the 18-19 season was just a, a, a complete and total mess because there was it was that sort of age old there's one basketball and everybody wants it and all that sort of and and that was that was very true at the time I guess where I push back a little bit on everyone knowing their roles right now is I agree with what you were saying with respect to sort of hierarchy on the roster which didn't necessarily exist at that time we know whose team it is right now we know you know generally speaking who should have the ball and all of that but i i can't help but sort of look down the roster a little bit you know you you filter down you go to the bench and it's all right well just say it, dennis you're worried about you're,
1: you're you're worried about dennis Well,
0: not even entirely honestly i i mean that's he's he's part of it just because for him it is a contract year and he's the only guy that really applies mm-hmm. to but it's not just him it's it's you know I, one of the things that i think people should be excited about and i've i've harped on this on on other shows that we've had with other guests one thing i think the Celtics should be excited about and fans should be excited about is the development of Pritchard Neesmith, Langford, guys that showed out at Summer League, and yes, it's Summer League, but we saw flashes of it last year as well when they had opportunity. Now you've added, and and this is a good thing, is what Brad wanted, but you added so much veteran presence to this team versus last year that now if I'm those three guys in particular, I don't really know what my role is. I don't really know what I fit. I don't know. uh, All I really know going into the season is like, shoot, I'm going to have to fight for minutes a lot more than I had to last year.
1: Yeah. But like if I'm a young player and I'm not saying they want that, I think you, you certainly want the idea that like, Hey, if you're paying Pritchard, you say I shot nearly 40% on three pointers last year, I just showed out at summer league and put up 92 points in a pro-am game. Like I'm ready to, to be a a bigger piece of this. And now I'm looking at the depth chart and thinking, yeah, where, where, where do I fit in behind, you know, smart, Schroeder done. Like, you know, it's crowded, but Mm -hmm. you know how you do it. You force the issue. You go out there and you keep making threes. You're, you're one of the few guys on this team that can hit threes, can create threes for yourself, can show off that range, uh, and then you make Eme Adoka play you. And you know, I, I'm okay with that with younger players. Certainly, it's it's a little bit more convoluted if you know you're an established player and and your 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 role is a little bit more cloudy. But like for Neesmith, Pritchard, Romeo, I mean, for Grant, like mm-hmm. come on, it's for for me, it's like show it, you know, and and uh, I, that's the way you that's the way you should motivate. Younger players now. Rob just got his money. I don't know how that what impact that will have. I think he should still have a desire to just show he can stay on the floor, that he can be sort yeah. of what we saw in Game One of that of that net series. But uh, when I the, the 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 point there though is that you know when you look back at that eighteen nineteen team, they had so much talent, like an absurd. Now looking at it from Kyrie, Jalen, Jason, Al, like Gordon, you know Terry, Marcus Morris, like absurd amount of talent guys that are making I mean they someone had the number how much money they've signed for over the last like couple years and it's it's absolutely like mind-numbing um and uh but it just didn't work because everybody had a desire like Jalen was pissed because he's in the corner and not getting any touches and Kyrie's thinking about going to Brooklyn and Al's got his like future decision looming all of this and he you know got to the point where he was like screw it I just want to take it to find this payday and Terry uh, wants to be a starter yes so like him some titles had, from the playoff run the year before? Everybody had their own motivation or reason for not playing to their ability, and it just did not gel together. When I look at this Celtics team, I look at the starting five, where if you roll out Marcus, Jalen, Jason, say Richardson is in there, or if it's Neesmith, or it's Al, or whoever, and Rob, every single person sort of knows their future. Now, Al's a little bit tenuous. He knows he can be traded at any point because of that non guaranteed money, but. Like that's just part of it. He went from sort of Siberia and Oklahoma city with the their youth movement to like, at least having a chance to compete now and mm-hmm. he's rested and he'll get a chance to sort of reestablish his value and, you know, maybe, maybe land in a good situation. So, um, you know, I, I just think everybody has less on their mind this year. And the other part of it is last year was just like COVID ravage and injury ravage. Like does health help this team sort of get back to what is possible. And so, you know, I, nothing about last season, do I think you should sit here and say, oh, that was a complete outlier, like that it was all extenuating the reasons this team struggled. No, it, it, there, there were issues that, you know, need to change. And uh, but I'd be lying if I'm not eager to just see how it looks now in a more, you know, where everybody sort of knows their role. Uh, somehow we went full circle with the wrestling and coming back to the rock. Um, but <laughs> if everybody knows their role and is and, 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 and understands the hierarchy and, and doesn't get outside themselves. stuff. Now the, the big outlier and all this is, is Schroeder. And this is the one reason I didn't love the signing is that I do think you have a guy who quite clearly turned down $20 million a year and his entire goal this season is going to be to get back to a level where he's making 20 million or plus a year wants to be a hundred million dollar guy. How does he do that when he's not potentially a starter? When, you know, his desires offensively could conflict with what the team uh, how it does its best so uh, eager to seek but it's also where you know if it doesn't work tradable asset uh, there will be playoff teams out there that will covet a player with that much talent uh, but you know uh, he's the one guy where I'm like he's got to really sort of check the ego at the door and buy into what Brad and Ime are, are trying to do that's the th- it's
0: just that's where I get sort of you know my my brain goes into a pretzel because I don't I don't understand how, how you can serve both masters there. I don't understand how, like, people have written about it, like how Dennis Schroeder can be the best version of himself. And that's the best thing he can do for the Celtics and, and fit right in. And it's like, well, great. If he does that and he's averaging 10, 12 points a game and he's a playmaker and he's not a distraction. He's a good teammate, good soldier, good, whatever you want to classify it as. But he's largely coming off the bench and all the, Fine. Great. I mean, good for the Celtics, which ultimately is what I care about. But in what way is that going to lead him to a 80 million dollar
1: deal? It's not. And there's there's not a lot of money out there next year either. You've seen a lot of guys like Josh Richardson sign for essentially mid-level money because they know that second kind of cut of guys is not going to get the the, 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 the few pennies that are out there. Uh, So I think Schroeder does have to worry about that in terms of even if he has a great year. You know, is he going to get what he desires? He's just really sort of trying to play himself into one of those few teams that has money to spend in a market that will have less point guards than this past summer. Uh, maybe he finds a situation. But my pitch to him, if I'm Brad Stevens and Ime Adoka, is let's roll it back to when you were in Oklahoma City, when you were a six-man-of-the-year candidate, and, like, how much yeah, better – Yeah, did he
0: average, like, 18 points off the bench that year? He, he
1: did. And so, you know, but look – the Celtics bench might need scoring. Like, I don't know who's scoring on this bench. You know, if Neesmith starts, um, you know, Josh Richardson and Schroeder could be like your main offensive weapons. Peyton, if you, you know, depending on how much he plays, um, there might be an opportunity for him to take a bunch of shots with that second unit, but there is going to be a balance and you might just have to be okay with if the Celtics exceed expectations. And if Schroeder's a part of that, then his value will just go up naturally. It's the same reason that like when teams have success, assistant coaches get better chances for head coaching jobs. Cause we have this, you know, th- we just, not trick ourselves. And some of them are largely deserving, but there's also this notion of like, wow, the Patriots win a lot. So their assistant coaches must be great as head coaches. Doesn't always work out. So, right. um, you know, I, if Schroeder buys in and that's going to be tough for him, uh, I do think the, 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 riches await if, uh, and if not, you know what, again, they'll trade him to a contender. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a hard situation because teams aren't going to have his rights and aren't going to be able to pay him. But, um, you know, he's just got to be patient and, and uh, he's got to fire his agent for, for not getting him that. For Or, or maybe it's maybe it's just all on Schroeder. Maybe the agent was like, you really need to take this extension. And uh, Schroeder just didn't do it and put himself in this position. But uh, I, I can yeah, almost probably picture should... like Nerland's Noel sitting there going, Bro, <laughs> don't, don't, I, so you got to take I it. it. I don't think it was a coincidence that uh, what was it like a day after Schroeder signed Marcus Smart signed his extension? Like, right. you know what. Four years, seventy-seven million sounds pretty good, and a starting role and some security. Uh, you don't want to, you know, turn down, uh, you know, uh, the 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 golden offer when it's there because you just never know what's ahead. And so, uh, hey, that's why it's uh it's always a risk reward for all these guys and Rob too. Like I was stunned at the number Rob signed for, but he's probably looking at it the same way that Celtics did It said, you got to prove it, you got to stay healthy, and uh, you're probably not going to have a huge market if you don't next year. So take your payday when you can.
0: So three words that you said before, if Neesmith starts, that is something that has not even been on my radar as a possible. I'm not not saying it couldn't happen, obviously, but it's just not something that, that entering the season, I've really been thinking much about. And I'm not a big, you know, break down the starting five, you know, kind of guy as, as some people are, but I don't know, I guess I, I sort of came in feeling like I've got a pretty good idea what that starting five looks like. And, and Neesmith, wasn't someone that w- that was sitting be there odd. for me what, Who, i mean what does your this fifth? look like to you
1: so i'm uh, just saying so you know the question i throw back to everybody is like who's your fifth slaughter and i think we sometimes default to richardson just because of of what he's done in the league and that's yeah. that's fair uh i do like the idea of like how good defensively that unit could be uh i mean from marcus to richardson to jason jalen rob like that's really really good defense at every position and uh no height disadvantage like you had in the, in the sort of the Kemba era and IT era and career, like every, every, every other small point guard era. Um, but, um, you know, it I could wonder be offensively, couldn't it? It could. And, um, you know, but I think when I think about, and and again, I've, I've got to translate, I, I need to figure out what Eme Adoka looks for in lineups. And that's yeah. part of what, you know, we'll, we'll find out this year, but I know Brad Stevens always, you know, defaults to what makes Jalen and Jason better. well, Jalen Jason around the court and they're drawing a whole bunch of attention. Really all you need that other wing or guard or whoever it is out there to do is stand in the corner and be ready to hit three point shots. Mm-hmm. So Josh Richardson, not been a strength the last two seasons. They seem pretty confident that when open, he can hit those shots. But I you know, again, we gotta see it. It's uh it's not fair to say that like these two years in a row are, are an outlier. It's like yep. you are what you are and you are what the numbers say you are. He has shot well on open looks and he'll get open looks, but um, I almost like him off the bench a little bit more, his ability to to create off the dribble and you know, be a again, him and Schroeder potentially being guys that can lead that second unit and, and take those shots when either Jalen and Jason are resting. Although I hope that he may keeps one of them out there for most of the for most of the games. Um but I like Neesmith because again, you're you're not asking him to do a whole lot. You're just asking him to do what he did last year. Now he's got to ramp it up defensively if he's going to play with that first unit. And, uh, you know, I love the intensity, but he does have to sort of get a little bit better and uh, go to another level with his individual defense and team defense and, and you know, staying consistent. But, um, you know, he's, he's a big part of the future. If, if, you know, whether it's as a trade asset, I keep going back for it, with him and Romeo and uh, Peyton Pritchard, like if they're going to get another star, they need a, a, an, an attractive piece to go get and so I think the Celtics do have to kind of be all in on not only can those guys be cheap complements to your core but developing those guys for whatever's next for being key pieces or being trade assets so uh, you know I always thought last year Brad should have been a little bit more willing to play Neesmith early on it was clear this team was going to take some lumps especially early as it was getting healthy and without Kemba uh, and then it was weird because then Neesmith got the opportunity at the end of the year when things were sort of falling apart and they're flying just to get into the playing game so uh but you know maybe the early part of this year you just see how it looks and maybe it's bad maybe you got to go to a more veteran presence but you know the other option is like does al and rob work together in the front court i was just gonna
0: say that one too it's it's less likely because the celtics are more inclined to go small than big but that's another thing i mean you could have smart the jays and those two guys
1: yeah and so i you know i don't know this is why i think the four spot is a little bit i'm a little surprised they haven't upgraded there and whether it's even just someone coming off the bench you know that's no disrespect to grant but grant needs to be more consistent and hasn't quite made, developed from i mean there were some times in the bubble where he was really good but i'm not confident he could be your fifth sider right now uh just hasn't shown the ability to, to to you know know and thrive at that four spot he's probably better suited as an undersized five but um you know that's what they got to figure out is what is the best combination i just keep going back to it i think when Jalen and Jason are out there, Neesmith can really make their lives easier if he makes shots. If Richardson sort of finds an ability to shoot 37% beyond the three-point arc, it's a moot point. Maybe it's maybe it's better to go with him. But, um, yeah, and I don't, I'm just not sold on, on double big. I just don't know if Al at the four can be a thing anymore, especially when you don't have uh, an Aaron Baines type at that. Like, I love Rob, but I just think there's the right mix of players uh, when Al's at the four. And I'm not sure Rob's the perfect complement. But, again, eager to see it.
0: I tell you, for the money they paid him, and, and it's a fine contract, it could wind up being a steal. All he has to do is stay on the floor, and the per 36 numbers are going to be there. But mm. for what they're paying him, he better be starting. Like he better be the no oh, doubt does. about it starter for the Celtics that I've been advocating for for the last two and a half years at this point in time. But now, especially with the payday, there can't be any mystery there.
1: No. And I think in the same way, when when it was so funny, when the, the, the aftermath of, uh, marcus signing that deal and people are going well you know marcus smart is going to be the starting point guard on this team and it's like well no bleep you know you're not paying the guy 17 million dollars a year to be a backup and you know Schroeder's here but he's not a long-term thing you you you're investing in these guys because you're hopeful that they're pieces of your core and that you have the right mix and that you can still add you know it's probably not a max contract type guy it's probably more of a 18 16 million dollar a year guy but you can potentially have a version of this team where it's Marcus, Jalen, Jason, Rob, and, and, uh, and play Rex. And, you know, I know we all default to Bradley Beal and all that, and doing that might force you to, to give up more assets depending on how the avenues they travel. Um, but um, the, the point is like, you're, you're investing in those guys and they've, they've got to start and they've got to show that they can be out there. They've got to show that they compliment Jason and Jalen well, uh, and then you figure out the rest around them.
0: We'll get to uh, some of the future stuff, which Chris has written a lot about, in a little bit. First, quick break. Want to tell you it's that time of year again. All eyes turn to football, folks. Teams back on the gridiron to start the football season. Week one, literally less than a week away. As always, Bet Online your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, contests, everything available to you, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest. NFL survivor contest open now at bet online. You can head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, meaning make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded. No big deal. Up to $25. For new customers only when signing up, use promo code NFL100. Chris, we have so much excitement, obviously, surrounding the Celtics, uh, just because Celtics fans are, are rabid and should be. But damn, Patriots fans, now that Mac Jones has been announced the starter, it's it's ratcheted up another level, never mind what's coming in week four against Tom
1: Brady. It's so funny because I again I feel like this endless guilt because I come back from vacation. It's quiet in Celtics land, and as I'm thinking, like oh, I just gotta write something. I gotta find some angles. I gotta find I gotta track some people down, and then Mac Jones uh, gets the starting QB job, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll lay low for a little bit because I think <laughs> yeah. people's people's minds
0: people not on don't need this right, right now.
1: now. Yeah, you know, so you just kind of go with the flow. But I uh, can't wait to see it. Yeah, it'll be a good time. All right on on
0: these Celtics, and uh, well, where we just left off, which was. Again, something you were writing about even before the Smart and Williams extensions, but directly related to those was, okay, if Brad Stevens elects to hand out those extensions this year to those two guys, so many people, this is, this is what kind of pisses me off, to be honest with you, Chris, about social media or, or the, you know, supposed cap experts. And when I say that, I don't mean like the Keith Smiths. I mean like, you know, internet cap experts who. Yeah who don't, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, there are a bunch of these people out there that it's like, you make a claim, you know, you tweet something, you say something about, you know, any potential flexibility to, to deal for or sign and trade or, or outright sign in free agency, a Bradley Beal type, or just a max veteran, you know, a year from now next summer. And they will quickly break down for you all the different ways that is not possible. <laughs> and it's like, well, you're renouncing this guy. You can't re-sign this guy. You're gutting, you know, these and. And I always respond by saying, well, sure, if we're operating based on what the roster is right this very second, you're going to tell me Brad Stevens is going to make any changes in the next year that impacts what you're outlining for me? Well, you can't do that because it's still the same money and these guys eat up, you know, this salary and this percentage of cap and it's like to some degree that's correct. But a lot of this stuff can be manipulated, not like the NFL salary cap, but (laughs) you can still manipulate certain things. And and certainly I trust a guy like Mike Zarin when it comes to, you know, going down to the down to the nickel uh, about all this different stuff. And, you know, that's why I enjoyed so much when you wrote the article about, you know, if they extend smart and they extend Williams, guess what? There's still a path. The Celtics get, because it's what I was screaming without the article to back it up, and then you wrote <laughs> it, and I could just send it to people. No, this Perfect. is this is what I was talking about. So break it down for anyone out there that's that's a naysayer, a, a, a non-believer as to why just because you have you know a, a different kind of flexibility situation right now that that the dream to add another superstar isn't dead.
1: Yeah, and now first off, to like to to because I understand we we spent the first month of the offseason saying flexibility 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 and you know if you're if you're not a, a nerd like me and studying the numbers like then they go sign these extensions you're thinking wait doesn't this run counter and that's understandable but um just because of the way everything is set up like rob williams if he hadn't signed an extension we're go into next season would have had an 11 million dollar cap hold. in so it's for in order for the sellers to have re-signed him they would have had to have kept 11 million dollars essentially on their books, which would have prevented any path to cap space until they renounced their rights to him. And that's not something you wanted to do. So in the Celtics thinking, even if you extend him at anywhere near that cap hole number, you're not messing with any of your flexibility. And you're potentially locking him up at a price that could skyrocket if he had a great season. So I thought the Rob thing was was legitimately like a slam dunk. And it was funny when people were like, no way, they're not going to do that. Uh, Because I deleted Twitter on vacation, I didn't go take a victory lap every time Marcus and and, and Rob Williams... (laughs) But and then in Marcus's case, like, you know, I know 17 million sounds like a lot for a starting salary, 77 million over four years. But we're going to look up in two or three years. We're going to be like, oh, my God, he's making slightly more than mid-level money for a potential starting point guard who potentially makes your core better. And so the, the big thing here is that they have flexibility. I don't know if these guys are long term fixtures, pillars, as the as Eme said with Jason and Jalen, but they have a chance to be and it could be low budget pillars for this team um and so if you do carry that through if you have that quad of, of Marcus Jalen Jason and Rob there's still a path if you get off Al Horford's money to about 20 million dollars in cap space as early as next offseason okay you're probably not going and getting a Bradley Beal but you can get someone you know it, it, uh, enticing you know the, that's sort of throwing yourself in the mix for a Lonzo ball type this past offseason at that money it's adding a Marcus Smart type player so um they can still sort of get that another star that route it's not the elite top of the line but it's there now if bradley beale's out there and that is something you want to do but you don't want to break up jalen and jason you got to get off al's money but you could move marcus smart and then you're right back in the game for max room of of adding someone like not his not bradley beale's full max because he'll be 10 years in but you'll be in the neighborhood and if he really wants to play with jason tatum that bad he'll come for that 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 amount of money so um, the more likely scenario is a sign and trade, where you know you're still trading some combination of contracts here, whether that's Al or Rob or, or Richardson Neesman now or, too. Yeah, exactly. And so that's part of the reason when I sit there and say, "Man, I don't quite get this Richardson contract." Well, if he has a bounce back here and he's an attractive option, he's someone that might be wanted to to throw into a deal, and it might not be for Bradley Beal, but it might be someone else out there. So, um, yeah, they just have they still have multiple paths here. I just don't think they encumbered flexibility by making these moves in fact i think they've guaranteed return on those assets and if there was one thing that i could quibble with danny Ainge, i thought danny made a lot of great moves uh from i i I contend from 2013 to probably the Kyrie trade he was on the heater of all heaters for Mm -hmm. gm where i just don't think he made a bad move like i think if you go through and study all the trades i I can't tell you one that they lost like maybe letting austin rivers go uh, like as crazy as that sounds, there was during the, the, there was a point where Austin Rivers got traded to Boston as part of like 95 moves in that 2013 season. I think it was, um, they maybe should have held on to him because he had some value as more than they got moving him out, but otherwise it was spotless. And even the Kyrie trade was an absolute no brainer. You do it because if you separate emotion from what they were potentially getting, that yeah. trade made all the sense of the world. And then in the aftermath, it all went well, And it's
0: not like, you know, like look at and it's not his fault, but look at what Isaiah Thomas has been since. Sure, you know, it's, and, it's, you know, ma- it's not like you were walking go- away from what he was.
1: And maybe in an alternate universe, things don't go as poorly for IT in the aftermath. Maybe he gets help, whatever, you know, like that's a whole other road. I feel, you know, I, I, it's weird to go down there. There was a thread on, uh, I think, on Reddit this week about the curse of IT. Uh, and it makes me chuckle every time because, you know, while I understand it, it things have not gone well since that deal, um, you still make that trade a hundred out of a hundred. And I loved IT more than anybody. No one was more fun to cover. No one was more influential in in the stories I wrote. Uh, I miss that. I miss that guy. And I'm hopeful. Every time I see he gets a tryout, you know, with the Mavericks this week or whatever, I'm crossing my fingers for him because I want him back in the league and I want him to get a chance. You know, he saw him after that pro-am game, but that's a whole nother road. What we're saying here is the Celtics have flexibility moving forward. There's an option for them. Uh, and the one thing that Danny Ainge didn't do, I thought was too often, assets got away without returning value. So that whether that's Kyrie walking away, whether that's Al Horford walking away. And I think Brad took over this job and goes, I'm not losing any of these assets. So I got $10 million left on this Gordon Hayward trade exception. I'm going to get Josh Richardson and we're going to re-sign him. And we're going to figure out a way to turn this into something, even if he doesn't rebound his career here. And we're going to lock up Marcus Smart because we're not just going to walk him, watch him walk away in the summer. And so I think it's just, it's asset management. And I don't know the path. I don't know where this is going to go. I think there's legitimate smoke with with their you know with Jason Tatum and Jay, and, and Bradley Beal wanting to play together, but um, you know a lot of players want to play together. It doesn't come to fruition. But the point here is that the Celtics can make a lot of a lot of things happen, and, and they have multiple avenues to do it.
0: Chris, I mean, you left out the biggest one. I mean, it's not only the remainder of that Hayward TPE. You know, even Brad, Brad said, I'm, I'm yeah, not going to let him 48 forward. walk away without getting a <laughs> right? huge traded player exception. It's like the, the TPE is, is – it's like it's the modern-day Nets pick for us now.
1: Uh, and I, it's, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving for writers because uh, not only do I have to write seven times a year what a TPE is and, like, how it works <laughs> and how it can't be combined with other outgoing salary – uh i do enjoy that there'll be another 12 months of speculation about oh you know could they go get i'm i i do not know if harrison barnes fits in anymore but um you know all those sort of fun options about what can they do with with 17.1 billion dollars and uh you know it, the, the 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 speculation will never end I just, I just swing it like can they go get kyle anderson can they give the grizzlies something that gets me the power forward that i think they need and uses those exceptions so uh, it's all about flexibility and options. And uh, the Celtics uh, with Zaron and, and those guys just like always trying to find a way to get uh, a little something, uh, you know, that that's how good teams sort of uh, maximize all their their assets.
0: Yeah, I wondered. My buddy Landman, who's been on this show before as, uh, you know, kind of a, a voice of the fan, maybe a cynical fan if he's out there listening, I'm sure he is, is, uh, you know, he, he was, after that TPE, he was constantly texting me, What about Larry Nance? Go get Larry Nance. And obviously he's since been dealt. But that was one of those types of guys that I yeah. wondered, uh, you know, how quickly Brad would turn around, and try and use that thing.
1: And the balance is like they can't use a whole bunch of their first round picks, right? Because if you are, plotting to get a Bradley Beal or a player of that ilk. You need all your future first round picks because the only way you're trading for someone of that stature is to overwhelm a team with future picks. And, you know, so that's that, but, but, you know, here's how they do it. They go and take Josh Richardson or Dennis Schroeder or whoever, and try to flip them for assets. Now Schroeder less value because the team does probably thinks he's not going to be there long-term, but um, there's ways to get value for these, for these guys. And I'm, I'm intrigued to see what the, the, how the dominoes fall from here because I just think, you know, they put themselves in good position to sort of stockpile uh, that now uh, barren treasure chest of, of draft picks.
0: So it was a few years back, maybe well longer, handful of years back. I'm trying to remember. You'll remember. It, it was the the great debate of the 16th spot. You know, like who are they going right. to keep uh, at number 15 and cut loose? You know, is it, is with it the, with the be James, y- James it Young? James year. Young and
1: someone else. Uh, and who who who, did, who beat out James Young? Oh, this is so bad. They all blend together at this point. It was funny because I was uh, I was looking back and uh, I was talking. I I wrote this week about you know Grant Williams and you know I was a little surprised he didn't play in summer league, but I also understood it. But usually about this time of year, this, the the Celtics are pretty good for you know player X has gained 15 pounds of muscle and is going to be like a whole different player this year. Exactly. And maybe it's Tatum Tatum based on Instagram photos, but <laughs> um, I think Grant Williams could use a hype article about how he's added 15 pounds of muscle and is ready to to better play the the four and five spot. Uh. But, yeah, you know, like it is funny how we obsess about spots 15 and 16. And, um, you know, really, really doesn't matter. I'm assuming it was like uh, uh, who came back that uh, the kid from Georgia whose dad fell off. Uh, oh, the, Hunter. Yes, R.J. Hunter. So uh, I, don't, I don't know if he was the one who beat. I don't think it was. But uh, the point is, like, every year we obsess about R.J. Hunter and James Young's of the world. Yeah. And it, it's just like a, it's, a, it's just a little bit of a, you know, we it's just, a, it, it's fun to think about. It's the same way we obsess about backup quarterbacks, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, probably. Well, they, so who, who, I'm assuming you're, you're, you're angling here. Who, who do you think makes the, uh, who well, you and that's, the- you know,
0: that, that is where I'm angling is who, it less. So like, who do you think spot number 15 more? So who do you think the odd man out is because Brad's made it a point to say, look, we got, we got 16 gar- guaranteed contracts yeah. right now. And I, I guess one thing that like my natural inclination comes down to two guys, probably the same for you. Carson Edwards, Jabari Parker, you know, those are the two guys that you would instantly think of. Um, But by the same token, and again, like where there's smoke, maybe there's fire. There was a lot of talk after the trade was made. Would Chris Dunn actually be on this team or would he be flipped? Would he be traded away? So what do you think? How, How do you think this plays out, you know, long before training camp?
1: Yeah, like when they first got Chris Dunn, I said they need point guard depth. Like they need someone behind Marcus and, and Pritchard. And I thought there might be a role for him. But now you're at Schroeder and it is. It's harder to find minutes. Like I'm worried about minutes for Pritchard. How do you find minutes for Dunn? Right. Um, and, and if you're going to have any of these reclamation projects, they do need minutes. So um, I do wonder him, uh, Bruno Fernando, mm. uh, you know, whoever you would have to necessarily package, who, who is the most enticing of that group that can get you that that power forward you might covet you know can you throw some combination of players and your tpe and maybe you know a draft pick and go get kyle anderson and if you do that do you need grant williams and jabari parker so i think they'll, it, it the so dominoes there's a
0: chance at a bigger move before the season yeah
1: i do i do i think i think their their desire to add for uh this offseason season was not for a lack of trying like i think we heard at the start they were interested in the Jeff Greens of the world and um i think they're they're still looking Uh, but a lot of rosters are settled right now it might depend on who shakes available as teams start trimming might be like does Grizzlies look up and say you know is it better for us to get an asset now for kyle anderson or you know whatever your obsession is like I, i part of the reason they couldn't go get a larry nance is they didn't have the they didn't want to give up the picks that would require to go get that player so um i do think there's some some trickle trickle down still to happen but let's say that like Let's put it. Let's let us let us put that aside and say like there's just not another move out there. Who is the last cut? I you know that that's more intriguing to me because I don't know. Uh, like I think it's easy to say Jabari because he's not guaranteed before the season starts. But you know there's always something about hey this guy's former number two pick. Like he mm-hmm. might figure it out. You know it's a position of need for them. Um, who are you banking on? Do you want to roll with Jabari? Do you want to roll with Grant? Um, I think Carson. You always just hold out hope that the shooting's going to come around. Like Danny Ainge was just always believed that figure it out eventually and sometimes it does just take time like I'm not bullish on that um, but you know would you rather roll the dice on Carson Edwards or you know what is Bruno Fernando's role on this team so I don't know it all comes down to like what they can do um, but you know if if I think if push came to shove and, and Brad had to decide on the roster you know today it's probably the non-guaranteed guys that that has to go just because you know you don't want to with their especially with their cap situation they can't just be uh, eating contracts at this point but you know it's, also, not a, not a lot of money to, to, to move. I think they'd, they'd more likely make a deal where, you know, multiple players come out, one player comes back, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's one more shoe to drop before this, this thing gets cooking.
0: Chris, in the last few days, obviously, the uh, Nets have added Paul Millsap. And as we know, they do are – Do they have
1: – hold on. Do they have 24 roster spots? Did I miss, yeah, well, like, I, I know. this.
0: That's that's another team's going to, you know, really cut some back into the roster, guys. And not to mention, like, LaMarcus Aldridge, if he comes out of retirement, he's going to Brooklyn. Which I I don't know if you saw this tweet, just a, a, a great tweet that these, these old, decrepit, you know, geriatric Nets and Lakers right now with 11 guys who were all-stars between them in the 2015 season okay Man. 6 6 years ago you know Kevin Durant LeBron James James Harden Anthony Davis Kyrie Irving Russell Westbrook Carmelo Anthony Blake Griffin Aldridge if he comes out Paul Millsap Marcus All who I completely forgot about it's just oh my a, gosh. it's it's a wild group between these two teams and we can tease and 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 you know make fun of how old they are and, and like even you know rondo going back to the lakers being like mm-hmm. the fifth oldest guy in the team and he's been in the league for 35 years you you can't ignore the fact that these are two still they are the the two betting favorites to win the championship so it's, it's yeah, it, like there's some sort of lack of respect on these two teams
1: I, and i don't begrudge any of these guys like if i'm lamarcus aldridge and what he's been through with this you know having to shut it down last year with the heart concerns like perfectly content to go sit on the bench and hope that my team's the, the wins a the title and that you're just a small part of it. You know, my, my initial reaction is probably something I'm, I'm going to write on is just, I wonder when do the Celtics get to that point? Like when do Jason and Jalen and whatever the core here is, is attractive enough. We know the weather, despite this beautiful sunshine that I'm trying to soak up because I know how fleeting it is in, in these parts, um, you know, the weather's never going to attract people here and the banners only bring so much. So uh, when do they get to the point where they're, desirable enough talent and they're in the the championship mix enough that the veteran guys are like I'm going to go to Boston. And I think there's guys that would, you know, think about it, but if you have the option of going to the Brooklyn Nets super team or sitting there watching LeBron and AD go nuts, like it's an easy decision. I get it. I totally get it. But, um, you know, the Millsap one did sting because that was a player they they the, the Celtics thirsted for uh, a couple years ago like yep was one of their top priorities in, in free agency and just sort of missed out on him when he decided to go back to Denver. Um, you know, I think even at his age and, and even as that skills erode, he, that's a position of need for the Celtics. I would have been really curious how it looked with him at that four spot. And, and even if it just was a backup option, um, you know, but even LaMarcus is funny because Emi Adoka was the one who recruited him to San Antonio. Right, And so I thought if he came out of retirement, I thought there would be some consideration. Celtics really don't need another Lumbering five, but um, you know it's it's still like surprising that some of these guys aren't like. And it maybe it's just the roster thing. You know these these teams. Hey, you can go sit there and you're you're not going to have to play a whole lot and do what you do, and uh, you'll get your opportunities because Kyrie is going to you know disappear for a couple games, and Durant's going to need some downtime, and Harden's going to get injured at some point. So uh, you know you get your opportunity, but uh, yeah, I wonder I wonder when that when that will shift for the Celtics and guys will start every summer. It's uh oh man. Um, you know, former All Star X wants to go just sit on the Boston bench and uh, be their PJ Brown and, and all that.
0: So to be fair, to you know, kind of like to to acknowledge when we're wrong, right? You know, we're we're not impenetrable when it when it comes to takes or whatever else. You know, I, I crapped on the I crapped on the Nets a lot going into last year, Chris, because I honestly and and it wasn't you know oh like Durant sucks, Irving sucks, or anything. it was I just felt that ultimately that team was more likely to combust because of personality than thrive because of Mm -hmm. talent. That was how I looked at that group. And, and quite frankly, I doubled down on that when they added James Harden, I thought like, this is, this is your group. And again, not a lack of talent. It was just like, you got three guys who like, what's going to motivate them? What is going to motivate this trio to actually go out and coexist and win a championship like this, this three is not, you know, some of the other big threes we've seen combined around the league in years past, you know, going back to the Pierce Allen KG era, but obviously that was not their downfall injuries were their downfall or Kevin Durant shoe size was their downfall. But, you know, like yeah. that, it, it's not. I can't even make fun. It's not their fault. They went down around two. They were not this colossal failure, you know, things, there were, there were external factors that just got in the way. And, and that happens to good teams. You look at them now and they are, they are, they are remarkably, they're so much deeper than even they were mm-hmm. last year because of obviously a guy like Millsap. Now you have Griffin. If he's not a shell of himself there all year, you got those Patty three Mills. guys from the start, hopefully healthy, right. You know, Patty Mills and, Aldridge if he comes you know back you, this it, it's, it's a great group there in Brooklyn and it's hard not to just feel totally panicked about that as a Celtics fan in terms of you know where you are in
1: the east with respect yeah. to actually trying to get over the hump absolutely fair and so first off like to your your point like talent is king I know we we obsess about like will teams get along and and how is this going to work and there's not enough basketball but at the end of the day you get three superstar players, like, it figures itself out. And they certainly weren't perfect at times, but, uh, man, they are fantastic. And, like, I, it's daunting coming into this year about how good they can be. And I don't have a good answer for you. Like, the, if you're a Celtics fan, you're hopeful. Not, not hoping for injuries, but you're hopeful that something is an impediment for them in how they, uh, how they navigate forward. But I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna take an awful lot. I hate to say there's prohibitive favorites when you go into a season because weird stuff happens and injuries happen and you know the league gets weird. But um, yeah, like the Nets are really good. Uh, the Bucks probably won't be as dominant during the regular season, but they're going to be very good. The Lakers should be really good. Uh, you're, if you're a Celtics fan, it's all on Jalen and Jason going to another level and trying to get into that mix. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna throw yourself into the to the title contention. Chris, so
0: uh, I, I got to let you in on something. We were joking about this with Gary Washburn when he was on with us last week. This show, there is, you know, Bet Online is our our, you know, mm-hmm. main sponsor here. There is no safer bet when it comes to the Celtics Speed Podcast. I'm not kidding. There is no safer bet than breaking news relating to the Celtics happening right after you record. Okay, what do we got? Always. Well, guess what. We actually have news during the recording of the show. <laughs> we got a Celtics trade Adrian Wojnarowski two minutes ago, Memphis has agreed to trade forward Wancho Hernan Gomez to Boston <clears throat> for Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, and a 2026 second round pick.
1: All right. Well, there's your consolidating trade. Like I I please run this episode in full. So I sound smart talking about a Memphis trade. Now, yep. uh, we, we will do, with
0: no edits, no cuts. What, and we're guy, both right. Don
1: and Edwards are both gone. <laughs> so uh, I did not think Hernan Gomez would be the guy they'd target. Uh, tells me that the price for, for Kyle Anderson was probably a little bit too high. But, you know, look, there's a consolidating move, uh, a player that fits your your needs a little bit more. Uh, intrigued to see how that worked. Uh, you know, like, look, the, now the roster's set. And 25 you know, maybe years we, old,
0: he's a 4 yeah, guy, guy that
1: averaged. He's had his moments. Yeah, I
0: mean he's he's not he's not he's, this prolific scorer or anything.
1: I, I but... seem to recall him having some good games against the Celtics too, which is like sometimes key in, in guys they target. Like when they got Moses Brown, and we laughed about how he had the twenty twenty game against them. Sure, uh, Look, he's, he's, see...
0: if, if, if we obsess over this with Robert Williams, so we may as well at least mention it with <laughs> Hernan Gomez. He's a he's he's fifteen and eight per thirty six at least last year.
1: Again, I don't know, you know, I don't necessarily say immediately, like he's ahead of Grant Williams and Jabari Parker on the depth chart, but uh, that was a position of need. And it it was more of a need than, you know, Carson Edwards was trying to crack the rotation at the wing spot or Chris Dunn finding a role. And uh, so those guys would get a chance. Like, I think Chris Dunn could be like in the right situation, could revitalize himself. And I'm hopeful, you know, maybe he'll find that down there. Um, You know, maybe Carson in just getting turned loose. We'll, we'll figure it out and maybe we'll look back and say, oh, the Celtics should have given more minutes and all that. But, um, you know, I think this is a, this is a move. They get you to 15. Um, still don't know if that will be the 15 they carry in. I think, you know, now they think, okay, Grant, Hernan Gomez and, uh, and, and Jamari, like there's, could still be some, some wiggling there. But, uh, if nothing else, they're, they're positioned to, to enter the, the, the year with this roster.
0: Looking to see if there's anything else Woj has to add. You never know. says, so deal can't be formally announced until September 15th. Dunn and Edwards contracts are allowed to be activated right. in the trade at that point. So, uh, you know, it's, it's looming. It's coming. But uh, I, I swear, like normally we would have signed off 10 minutes ago, and that's when we would have to And that happens. That's when it No, it's, it's funny
1: because we were going to record a podcast. Celtics, Celtics Talk was going to record a podcast today, too, and that would have been the kiss of death because uh, nothing has outdated myself quite like me recording a podcast same deal like it's just we probably have the same record schedule where we're just like let's get this done in the morning boom trade
0: yeah always without fail it's interesting you know i i like that they're adding a guy who's you know kind of a a, a young vet for lack of a better way of putting it you know denver minnesota again just 25 years he's old been around it, yeah. yeah he's he's been around but he's you know i mean he's not terribly durable you know he's there there've been some injuries there you know 17 18 he only played 25 games uh 2020 season obviously was shortened because of the pandemic to begin with but he was you know with the the both teams there last year limited to 52 games so we'll see we'll see but i it's it's i mean you're still talking about a former you know just outside the lottery it was a 15th overall pick a handful of yeah. years ago
1: now look uh now i have something to write. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I got to go to work.
0: Apparently. All right. So uh, that in mind, we're going to let you go here. But uh, as you know, we were talking about back to school before and, and summer being over and the Celtics mm-hmm. season being a month away, What what's back to school for a writer look like here? Oh, that's good. Do you get a new laptop? Do you you know a, a, a new notebook, a new microphone for your podcast? What do you do?
1: I told the story on Celtics Talk. I, I got a new uh, Apple Watch because I lost mine jumping off. Uh, an inflatable bouncy house in a lake when Robert Williams oh, signed. Man. yeah, and so uh I, but like, no i i I think I'll call Evan and try and get some some snazzy looking blazers for uh yeah. for, for the t v shows this year um i'll probably you know maybe I get some back to school sneakers yeah, you know I, I need to upgrade my kick game um <laughs> not, not 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 great at that, but I will get some sketches or something. I don't know, like uh, not sketches, uh, Vans. Uh, that's what uh, that's been my my latest uh, yeah, obsession. As, as I try to be Dennis Schroeder and, and skateboard and all that. So yeah, I, I don't know, the, the um, skater sneakers. Yeah, I, Those are the I, ones I just, you need. Uh, but like I said, I just I just want to soak up the sunshine before we're stuck in gymnasiums and arenas and studios and all that. So uh, you make it look good, thank, my friend.
0: Don't worry about it. All right, Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, the show powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code NFL100 for a 100% sign-up bonus. Our thanks to Evan Valenti, not with us on the show, but certainly with us in spirit and uh, also the one that- He's the one who helped us break that news. He's he's the one one that we credit for, you know, otherwise we would have signed off and the news would have just passed (laughs) us by. So thanks to Evan for actually alerting us of that. Uh, again, for Forsberg, I'm Adam Kaufman. Join us again next week and we will be that much closer to the C season. Chris, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, man. Take care.